Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters. About however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. Hour number two. All right, let's head down Port O'Connor Way and let's uh, share some time with Captain Lynn Smith, see what he's up to this morning. Hey, Lynn, how you doing, buddy? Oh, man, pretty good. I got to actually go duck hunting yesterday. <laughs> Did you? Well, that's Boy. good. Yeah, I bet it's been 10 or maybe 15 years since I hunted ducks. It's uh, I got invited on a hunt in Garwood. And uh, I went down there and went up, went up there to a lodge and uh, really had a good experience. And, um, you know, I enjoy walking through those lodges and looking at the pictures on the wall and see if I can recognize some old pictures. And and, uh, and it, I really enjoy that. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. You, you recognize some of those old pictures on the wall. So uh, it's uh, it was a good deal. Talk to some, some some good old guys on in the lodge and good experiences. So yeah, that's that's cool. Old pictures on the wall. How about that? Oh, it, oh yeah. And I'll tell you what, boy, it, it brings back a lot of memories, man. Sitting in those blinds and and having those having those teal buzz over you like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, if that doesn't get your blood boiling, man, <laughs> nothing will. I guarantee you. Yeah, brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, duck hunting's a, a great sport. It is. It is that. I guarantee you. And, uh, yeah, brings back memories, man. Yes, it My does. My dad started me duck hunting when I was seven years old. Mm. Or I'll tell you. And um, killed my first duck when I was seven. And, um, you know, it just I can still remember it like it was today. My first duck was a was a greenhead, and um, I, I remember that was like the first was, duck like, my son ever killed. I think he was about six or seven years old, and he popped a greenhead. I'll be done. His first duck. How about that? Oh, that's awesome! And I wanted to go get him. You know, I wanted to go out there and get him. I think yeah, the water would have <laughs> probably been over my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, you still remember that. You know, you remember those flights of ducks coming into your decoys, and and you can still see it. I mean, I I can still see it like it was today. You remember those days? I'll tell you. Yeah, and you look down at the dog sitting there on the boardwalk, and he's just trembling and shaking and teeth chattering, and it's eighty degrees outside. He goes, that dog cold? I said, no, that dog's nervous. <laughs> he's excited. Oh, he's excited. He's excited. <laughs> he, he's yeah. ready to fetch something up, buddy. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, man. And he just, uh, you know, my, my blind that I had down here, uh, I built him a little walk in front of the in front of the blind, a little platform. Right. And boy, that was his, man. He, he'd get up on that platform. He was ready. Yep. He'd sit there just shaking. He was so ready, you know. And uh, you just watch him. And he'd tell you where the ducks are. He'd hear them, hear them coming. Oh yeah, he'd watch him, boy. Watch his head. He'll, he'll turn. He'll he'll see them before you do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If they're coming from behind you, boy, you see his head turn, looking up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You learn from that dog. Man's best friend. I'm telling you. Yes, sir. I had a I had a big old uh, yellow lab, and a big male named Rocky. And uh, old Rocky boy, I worked him over one day, man. He picked up 32 geese for me one day. And uh, the last last retrieve was a real long retrieve. I popped a goose, and boy, he just locked his wings and, and just sailed, you know, and, and uh, long retrieve. And uh, boy, he, he brought him back. He just was slow walking back with that goose <laughs> from a <laughs> real long retrieve, you know. And... Uh, <clears throat> Man, I had him in my truck on the way home, and and uh, when I got home, I, I opened up the back door to my truck, and he was laying back there, and he just he just raised his head and looked at me, man. He's like, like I have to get out, you know, and uh, I literally had to pick him up out of the back of my truck and back seat of my truck and and set him on the ground because he was so sore, he couldn't hardly get up. Oh boy. And, uh, Oh, he was worn out. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> he didn't have any trouble sleeping, I'll tell you that. I had an old dog like that, and I probably shouldn't have hunted him that last year, but it just, he couldn't stand it. I mean, he knew when I got up in the mornings and I'm loading the truck, he knew I was going hunting. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd load him in the kennel. He'd hop up to the back of the truck, no problem, get in that kennel. And, uh, I'd stop at DJ's country store and get a can of Vienna sausage, and I'd put two aspirins in there, force them down in that, you know, soft sausage and feed them to him. He'd lap mm-hmm. them up. He'd get after it. But at the end of that hunt, that aspirin had done all it could do. That dog could barely <laughs> walk. I'd have to pick him up and put him in the marsh buggy and then pick him up out of the buggy and load him in the truck by hand. He was just so exhausted. And the next morning, he was fired up and ready to go again. He had the heart. Oh, he yeah. just didn't have the legs, man. I had to see that dog go. He was something else. Oh, mine was the same way. My lab, my my last lab. Oh man, he was he was something old blue and uh, old blue. I mean, his hips went out on him. Yeah, old blue. Everybody on the street called him Blue Dog. Old Blue Dog, you know. <laughs> and uh, his hips went out on him. And I took him on his last dove hunt. And uh, man, he just he just sit there and shake. You know, he was so excited. And he retrieved a limited doves, and and uh, and that was his last hunt. But uh, if he was walking on a hardwood floor, he just his hips would just go out from under him, and he yeah. just flop. 
Oh, that's terrible, isn't it? I'm going oh, through the same terrible. thing with my old yellow. She's uh, oh man, but it's not her hips as much as it is her knees. She tore that ACL in her right leg, and she messed the other one up, favoring it. Mm. You know, after all the surgery and all that mess, and uh, but yeah, I let her out, and she'll. Uh, it's easier for her to trot around the yard than it is to walk. You know, the way she has to stiff leg it because she can't bend her knees good. But uh huh. I've got her own medication. She's not in any pain. She just, uh, well, she's 13. That's pretty, pretty good lifespan for a big old yellow female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Animal one of man. Crocker's dogs, one of his pups. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a gem. I had a, I had a big, uh, uh, black and I bred it and, uh, I got picked the litter, and uh, my daughter wanted a dog. So I got her a female. She wanted a female. And uh, she named that, that dog Annie. And uh, anyway, she said, you know how smart these labs are. They're just brilliant, yeah. you know. And uh, anyway, my uh, my ex-wife said that she said uh, she kept finding the water on the kitchen floor and couldn't find out where this water was coming from. Well, she went in the kitchen one day. And uh, she caught she caught Annie uh, up on the on the refrigerator, and uh, she had seen them go in there in the kitchen and get water out of the out of the dispenser, door. Dispenser, yeah. The There's a dispenser there. She caught that dog up on the door, pushing that lever and drinking water. <laughs> yeah, you think they're not smart? Yeah, oh, they yeah. are. <laughs> I said, you, I told her, I said, you should take a picture of that. Taking a video of that, you could have made some money on that deal. Hey, if Arnold the pig on Green Acres could change the channels on the TV, a lab can go to the water dispenser. I promise you. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember oh, that absolutely. pig on Green Acres? Yeah, <laughs> go up yeah. and change the channel on the television. Uh huh. Oh yeah. No, they're smart. I tell you, guarantee you. Yeah, one of my old buddies here in Port O'Connor, he had a, a chocolate chocolate lab and. Uh, well, he came in from hunting one day, and he took the shock collar off his dog. He laid it on the cooler in his garage, and uh, he went in the house. And he came back out, and the shock collar was gone, and uh, he never found it. He said, I guarantee you, that dog went and buried that shock collar. <laughs> I know he did. He said he just had this sheepish look on his face. He said, but I never found that shock collar. Hey, I had a lab one time. All I had to do was threaten her that I was going to get that collar. <laughs> We'd be in the blind. She'd get to acting up and all too hyper and mm-hmm. not minding good. And I'd open up my shell bag and I'd go, I'm going to get that collar. And, boy, she'd come to attention. Oh, oh it, it, to make all it you had to do is threaten her with it. I'm going to get that collar. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I went somewhere and. Uh, for a weekend or something, and I'd leave my dog with this buddy of mine down the street, and I'd give him that shot collar. I said, now, look, all you got to do is put it on him, and uh, he'll listen to you. You don't have to pop him. Just put yeah. it on him. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll be a whole different dog, I guarantee you. <laughs> I had a buddy that had a little black female that he had trained himself and everything, and uh, he had uh, got through duck hunting that morning with her, and he went back to the truck, and threw his birds in the back and was fixing to load her up and then a bunch of speckle bellies lit in the field out there and he said man i'd like to have at least one speckle belly so he gets down on the levee and he's crawling on it 
The guy's actually, Joe's crawling on the levee, and he looks back, and his dog's doing the same thing, crawling like he is. <laughs> he really? He'll never forget that as long as he lives, that dog crawling <laughs> like he was doing, sneaking up oh, on his bees. <laughs> They're smart. Oh, oh, they are that. I'm telling you. They just want to hunt like us, man. I mean, it's in their blood. They love it. It is. It is. Well, I'll tell you what, there were a lot of birds uh, yesterday. A lot Was of there? birds in there. Good. Yeah. Uh, that front brought a lot of them down, I think. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of teal. Uh, well, you had, a good, you had good weather, you know, and north wind and, and heavy overcast oh, yeah. for, you know, for a high ground hunt. That's good condition. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. A lot of teal and uh, and some gadwalls, you know, a lot of gadwalls. Love them gad chickens. Oh, yeah. And of course, a lot of smiling mallards, too, you know. Oh, spoonies, yeah. huh? There you go. Oh, yeah. You got to throw some spoonies in there with them. Right. Rice fed spoonies. Have. They're good to eat. That's what all the old timers yeah. said. Oh, you get them spoonies from them rice fields. They're good to eat. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. You know, rice fed. They're, they're okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think you can just, all you have to do is holler bang and they'll fall. You know, I, <laughs> I always say that. It's incredible. But, uh, yeah, those spoonbills, old big old Drake spoonbill, you know, they got that green head on them. You know, I've, I've had people say, oh, it's a, it's a mallard. You know, no, that's a spoonie. No, that is a. <laughs> Look uh, at the bill on that thing. That's it. And that's, uh, that's a member of the teal family. Yeah. I used to take them and carve the bill, you know, carve the bill. I said, there, there you go. There's your mallard. Yeah. Shave <laughs> yeah. it down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daffy duck. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, anyway, we, uh, I had a good shoot yesterday. We had a, a young man hunting with us. Uh, he was 33 years old and, uh, he, uh, he was a real nice guy. And so we, uh, we had a good shoot. And uh, he had a little yellow female, and uh, she did a good job. She did a real good job. But uh, she she was had a lot of energy. She was a good pup. <laughs> well, I, I think wish I had that kind of energy, man. Oh, isn't, isn't that the truth? Well, she never slowed down. But uh, <laughs> Amazing. she was pretty good with hand signals and did a good job. She didn't lose a lose a uh, duck. She did good. Awesome. So we were done by about seven thirty. We were finished. Yeah, we had eighteen. We were done. Man, that that goes quick. Oh, it does. You know, a lot of a lot of teal just <laughs> blowing over your shoulder, going downwind. Uh-huh. Man, you don't realize just how fast those teal fly, man. <laughs> when they come, they over get out of range downwind. quick, don't they? They do, man. They do. Uh, I'll never forget standing up in a blind in Winnie, Texas, years and years ago, man, I was standing, standing up on a bluebird day with a buddy of mine, and we're standing there, I had my gun on my shoulder, and uh, man, all of a sudden, just boom, and this, this duck came downwind over my shoulder, and I just pulled my gun off my shoulder and fired, you know, just just instinct, you know. Yeah, big snap shoot. Was, oh, yeah, it was a snap shot just over my shoulder, and that duck was going downwind. And uh, that duck folded, you know. Well, the dog went out to get it, and he was bringing it back, head hanging down. I went, uh-oh. And this friend of mine said, what? I said, canvas back. <laughs> it was a canvas back hen. And back then, you know, you weren't supposed to shoot them. Right. That was, that was a no-no, you know. 
But at, at that snapshot, I mean, you couldn't tell it. You couldn't I remember tell the old timers called them meat ducks and cans. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all anybody wanted to shoot was canvas bags back in the day. And yeah. we had millions of them back then. Remember, the bays were just covered in them. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was a real trophy back then. Yeah. Anybody killed a canvas back, I mean, you were a hero. Like like now, you know, everybody wants to kill a cinnamon teal, you know. Right. Uh, I, I used to shoot a lot of cinnamon teal down there in Port Arthur. We we killed a lot of them back in that freshwater marsh. We used to yeah. shoot a lot of them. Exactly. Now, you know, I have a lot of friends say, oh, man, I'd love to get a cinnamon teal mounted, you know, and all that. I didn't think anything of it, you know. I mean, they're they're real. Hard. They're real common in the Pacific Flyway. You know, they're a little more rare over this mm-hmm. way. But let me knock this break out, Lee, and I'll be right back, buddy. Hang on a second. All right. All right. You listen to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. It's 520 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go back and talk some more with Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn, we are back. Yes, sir. Well, I'll be in a different kind of blind the next few days. I'll uh, I'll be in deer stands, deer blinds the next few days. I hope we get some good weather for deer hunting. It's been kind of iffy. I know it. I know it. Well, we got, I'll be down in George West a few days and then then over to Freer for a few days. So There you uh, go. That's good. Yeah. That's good deer country right through there, buddy. Oh, I know it. I know it. Yeah, we got uh we got some uh, some good deer to, to uh harvest, but uh we did the flyover, had the flyover uh in uh, George West uh last Tuesday, I guess it was. We yeah. go Tuesday. And uh, anyway, uh we got uh, we got to harvest about sixty does off that place, so that's that's usually average. We normally do about anywhere between sixty and seventy five does, and and about the same same in the number of bucks, uh, or pretty close to that, about fifty bucks or so. Right. But uh, you know that's usually average. But uh, and we get pretty close to that through the year. I mean that. That includes, you know, the cold bucks and such as that. But um, by the by the end of the year, we're pretty close to the numbers, if not exactly on the numbers. You know, it, it's it gets to be a lot of work, though. I guarantee you that. You know, usually during the year, the hard part is to get the hunters to to shoot the does. Really, and then some, and then really. When the ruts really kicked in, uh, it's hard to find the does. You know, a doe, a doe will come to a Sundera and just barely stick her head out and look both ways and then run across. <laughs> you know, it's funny because they're hiding from the bucks. I mean, they are hiding back in that brush, man. And uh, but anyway, when they did the flyover, they found most of the does on one side of the ranch. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. the way it unfolds. Yeah. And uh, and they didn't see uh, a lot of the bucks uh, where they saw the does. Same way and with blinds. 
That's what he was talking right? about, you know, opening weekend at his place. But, man, the, the weather was hot. It, ju- it just wasn't right. Right. Same same way here. But the bucks are there. They just yeah. weren't moving. You know, they're laying up. Yeah. About the only bucks they saw were mostly young, immature deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he said they did have some, they shot five five bucks, but no really big ones. Just, you know, big for the right. customers, you know, that they wanted to take, but nothing right. Uh, nothing to write home about. Boy, but I'll tell you what, when that rut kicks in, I mean, you, oh, you see deer you've never seen before, you know. You go, where'd he come from? Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> what happened? Man. Yeah, where, where did that deer come from? You, you know, know Jeff Coat, uh, I was talking to Mike the other morning, and uh, they were down in their river bottom lease that they've had, you know, on the Trinity River for years and years, and they've killed some good deer over the years. But he said uh, Youth Weekend, he said he saw a bachelor pack of bucks, five of them all together, and every one of them were 150s and 160s. Mm. Yeah. And he thought, boy, next weekend I'm going to get me one of these big deer and never saw them. Isn't that something? Yeah. A week later, just a week later, vanished. It's it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. They're like ghosts, man. Yeah, they are. They are that. But, uh, you know, it, it is. It's, it's incredible. I mean, I can go, you can go to certain areas and find their sheds. And you go, oh man, these this buck is, you know, these bucks are hanging out in this one area, and then you go hunt that area and never see them. You know yeah. they're there. Yeah, that's their territory. The sure, you know they're coming there, but you you never see them there. Boy, and how many of them then, big ones, man? They get all nocturnal on you too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the trail cameras, and they're coming to the feeders at two o'clock in the morning. And, yeah, you know, and good luck and with then, that. Yeah, really, and uh, that's that's what happens. You know, it that's really why you is. have to wait on the rut to you know when they get real stupid. They... Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I tell you, there's nothing nothing gets your get you excited when you see a see a nervous doe. You know, and boy, she's looking over her shoulder back in that brush. You know, yeah, you know he's in there. Out. He's just watching her. He's staying with her. Uh huh. They'll, oh, stay, yeah. they'll lay back in that brush and watch them, watch them eat corn. And uh, oh, yeah. that doe will get her nutrition level up where she can stay away from that buck, and uh, she'll leave the cinder, and then he'll peek his head out, and then he's gone. He don't stick around. Oh, yeah. He's going to stay oh, yeah. with that doe, man. Yeah, I had this hunter that uh, uh, I think I told you about this one hunter that uh, got buck fever with me. He uh, he froze. He couldn't pull the trigger. Wow. And, uh, uh, this buck, uh, well, had a buck that would come into this one protein feeder, and he would come in the backside of that protein pen. The pen was uh, about 300 yards away, and uh, we wouldn't let any hunter take a shot that far. This man is too far. And uh, that buck would come in the backside of that protein pen, and he'd go around and feed it all four of the stations and then go right back out the backside. He wouldn't come down anywhere near that stand. And uh, I, this one big buck would come in there, and I told this hunter, he was from Florida, and I told him, I said, well, uh, we'll get that buck down here tomorrow. And he said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, I'm going I'm to corn down halfway and uh, get the does on that corn, and uh, he'll come to those does, I guarantee you. 
Well, anyway, the next morning, sure enough, man, he, he came in the backside of that protein pen, and, uh, boy, he was looking at those does down there, man. He was eyeballing those does, man. And all of a sudden, he... <laughs> He jumped out of that pen, boy, and here he came with his head down, and boy, he was he was trotting, you know, with his head down, coming to those coming to those does, and and I said, okay, here he comes. I said, now you see a little hump in that sendera? I said that's about 125 yards. I said when he gets to that hump, you pop him right there. He said, okay, he got his rifle out the window, and uh, it was just like I planned it, man. When he was running toward those does, and the big old doe ran into the brush and that big buck ran up to that hump and then wheeled around and stopped right on that hump and and stood there looking in the brush and i had my hands over my ears i'm going shoot him shoot him <laughs> now shoot and and uh, he just sat there looking in the brush and that guy was just sitting there look at that deer well this guy was from florida well he would never seen big deer that big you know and that buck stood there probably 10 seconds or more. And then the buck ran in the brush after the doe. And uh, the guy pulled his rifle back in the stand and, and put safety on. And I said, uh, why didn't you shoot him? He said, I don't know, man. I I had him twice. I, I could have shot him twice. And I just shook my head. I didn't say anything. You know? and we got, oh, why we didn't got you? The, yeah. And we got back to the ranch house and, and – uh, Anyway, he went in the ranch house, and I was outside helping another guy skin a deer. And, and uh, so this guy, one of the guys uh, on the lease, he's he was a real good trophy hunter. And he came out there, and he said, "Was that a was that a good deer?" I said, "Oh yeah, yeah. He's he'll score. He'll score good." And he said, "Well, if you think you'll score?" He said, "I'm in a in a deer contest up in Tyler." And he said, uh, "They have a category for for South Texas deer." Uh, low fence south texas he said if you think he'll score uh, i want to get him i said okay so i told him what i did and i said uh, he'll be there he said okay so next morning he said uh, that guy's leaving he's going back to florida i said okay so he went back there and he got that deer and that deer was a a, a nine point he scored uh 178 Whew, man nine deer. Point. Yeah. Man. Oh, he's a, he was a hoss. And, uh, and the deal was they had him mounted and they hung him over the coffee pot in the lodge. And so that guy from Florida was coming back every year and he had to stare at that buck over the he coffee had to look pot. The buck he uh, couldn't pull the trigger on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he got buck fever on. <laughs> he just went in shock, man. He's not used to seeing things like that. At, yeah. uh, you know, people, yeah. uh, People come to South Texas all the time. They're used to hunting East Texas and other places, Louisiana and everything, low fence. And, man, when they see a big buck, they just they freak out. Oh, yeah. Well, they're just not used to it, you know. The, yeah. Like the deer it's down in Florida. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it just it takes your breath away, you know. First time I ever saw one in South Texas, I mean, I just was – I know my mouth fell open. Uh, it had to. I'd never seen a buck that big, you know. I was used to seeing little old deer, you know, around uh, Bryan College Station, that area, you know, and in the hill country, you know, around uh, around uh, Hunt, Texas, and that area. I'd never seen any real big monster bucks. Yeah, and guys that big I know old. have gone to Canada and hunted, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. 
they get up there and them old 300, 350-pound bodies, and they think they look at the rack, and it doesn't look that big. And then when they do shoot one, it scores unbelievable because the oh, yeah. body dwarfs the rack. Yeah. You know, and the, exactly. they just can't believe how much, you know, thicker the mass on those deer up there are. Oh, yeah. You know, there ain't no pencil horns in Canada. <laughs> no. The, the horns look small compared to the body. They do because that body's so big. Yeah. You know, I tell people that come down and hunt with me, I say, you know, up in uh, up in uh, the hill country, you know, you have ground shrinkage, you know. And uh, you, know, you, you shoot a deer and you walk up and you go, oh, I thought he was bigger than that, you know. Well, it's because their bodies but, are so small and it makes their horns yeah. look bigger, you know. And you think, man, right. that's, that, but in, that's a shooter. But in, South, but in South Texas, it's just the opposite. Yes. You know, you, you walk up and you go, oh, my God, I didn't realize he was that big, <laughs> you know. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean it's just the opposite. I like I mean, it, man. They, when you see that big mature buck come out in the middle of a cinder with all the other deer, and it just looks like a big old stallion walked out. Yeah, I mean the body yeah. size and the horns and everything. It's just like, don't get your binoculars up and try to score it. Just shoot it. It's a shoot. Right. It's a I mature deer and it's well, got good horns. Get him. I've had people ask me, "Well, how do you? How can you tell a mature buck?" I said, "Trust me." When one walks out, there's no doubt in your mind that that's a mature deer. Exactly. I mean, you know, no doubt. Uh, compared to these other bucks, no doubt. And believe me, the other bucks know he's a mature deer, too. I mean, you know. Yeah, you can, watch, you can watch how the young ones act when a big one comes out, especially when the rut's on. Oh, absolutely. They don't want any absolutely. part of that deer. No. Said, big Daddy no, has don't. arrived, and we are leaving. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> They'll duck their head and walk away. Yeah. Get away from him. Yes, sir. <laughs> Daddy's here. Mm-hmm. Daddy's here, oh, and yeah. we're gone. Mm-hmm. He can have we're the whole here. harem. He can have them all. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, boy. Now, there's uh, nothing makes me feel better <laughs> than to see a big old buck walk out. Man, oh, man. Uh, I've had a, had a guy sitting in the stand with me one day, the same deal. I said, I said, oh, you'll you'll tell. I said, now that buck there, that one's about three and a half years old. He said, but look at the horns on him. I said, yeah, but he's only about three and a half. You know, you give him a couple of more years, and you won't believe the horns on that deer. Yeah. You know, you won't. So uh, I said, that that's. I said, look at his look at his face, and you know, look at his legs and back and belly and. Everything I said, deer is only about three and a half years old. But um, yeah, their snout shortens up. You know, they kind of get that Roman nose, and they get that mm-hmm. sway back, and that pot belly, and that big neck and chest. I mean, it's yep. I said, don't look at his horns. Uh, I mean, look look at his body. Look at his know? body. Yeah, I said that's a young deer. Yeah, that's but a we've teenager. got one on a uh, we got one on a trail camera that. Um, He's got really nice set of horns uh, this year, but he's a real young deer, you know. Yeah. And I said, you know, I was showing I was showing one of the guys at the lodge uh, yesterday when we were duck hunting. I was I was showing him this picture of this one deer, and I said, now he's a young deer, and I said, you know, we're not going to shoot him, but boy, I said, this is what what we're you know producing. I mean, this is a really nice deer. He's going to really be a nice deer here in a couple more years. Yeah, I always thought that looked so strange, all the photos you'll see from these high-fence ranches, and they'll have those two-year-old deers with, you know, 
200-inch racks on them. I don't know how those little pencil necks on those young deer can hold all them horns up, man. I know it. You know, it's not weird it. looking. It's so strange yeah. looking. I know it. I know. Crazy. All right, we let me to... do another break right quick. Hang on, man. We'll come right. back. Get me all fired up here on these big deer. <laughs> all right. Well <laughs> yeah, bud. Well, this week, the Belleville Meat Market, they're double featuring their jalapeno pecan smoked sausage and their three cheeses pecan smoked sausage. You can always try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available in their full menu on pecan smoked barbecue. That's always served Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And they're now taking orders for their country smoked turkeys for the holiday. So get your order in. Make sure you get one or two of them. They're really good. And custom processing on pigs and calves, they do that all year long. You can order a half calf or a hind quarter, have it processed any way you like. And their wild game processing, second to none. And they're also, try their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your, your whole family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Celebrating 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Live from the Twin Peak Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 540 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we are back, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a had a customer a couple of years ago, that, two or three years ago, that uh, was going to shoot a, a management deer, and uh, and he was he was just about to drop the hammer on this one buck, and and I said, whoa, 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 wait, hold on a second, and well, this particular feeder and everything where this this deer was, there was a road right behind this feed pen and everything, and it dropped off. The road kind of dropped down the hill, and. I was looking. I was looking through my binoculars, and and all I could see were horns jogging coming up that hill, you know, uh-huh. and a set of horns coming up the hill. I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "Look at this one!" And man, there was a buck coming up that hill. He looked like he was about thirty inches wide, you know. Uh-huh. And I said, "Please don't shoot. I, I got to look at this deer." And I mean, it was a horse, man. I mean, that buck. He was a ten point, but he he was a, he was a bull. He didn't have real tall tines, but he was wide. He was real wide, and it may have been the same deer that I saw uh, at another stand not too far from there. Because I came around the corner one day to to go actually fill a feeder, and when I I turned the corner around this brush, there was this buck standing at the feeder, and he was real wide. It was an old mature deer, and boy, he took off and he he ran to the other side of this pasture there, and he he got in the shadows of uh, of the trees and everything on the uh-huh. other side. He stopped right there in the shadows, and I was watching him with my binoculars. He just stood there watching me, and I watched that deer. He laid down, laid down in those. He shadows. felt safe in those shadows. Uh huh. He laid down, and I said, well, you old rascal, you, you know, <laughs> look at you. He laid down, and I thought, well, I'll be darned. So I just started idling real slow over to that feeder, 
and I'm still watching him with my binoculars. I never saw him get up. And I'll guarantee you that deer crawled off. I'll guarantee you. You know, you tell me they're not smart, you know. Yeah, they are. They didn't get big by being stupid, you know. No, they didn't. Well, no. they've seen a lot, you know. They, if they're on a ranch, it's kind of busy, and there's a lot of shots fired on other deer and everything. They remember all that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I never that, saw that, him. That's again. when they learned how to be blind mm-hmm. skirters. They skirt yeah. them blinds, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that deer, I never saw him again. Never saw him again. But he just, that's, he literally just crawled off, I'll guarantee you. That's why I like uh, hunting. You know, when the rut starts, I like to hunt those uh those blinds with the, you know, with the pasture setting where there's a lot of open places between mots and everything where you don't have all that oh, yeah. real thick cover. And if they're mm-hmm. on a doe, you know, they try to skirt those mots and stay hidden as much as they can, but they've got to come out of the, out in the open several times, you know, if they're going to stick with that doe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one pasture I like to, I like to hunt. It's got a lot of cactus in it and, uh, those does will run out into those cactus patches. To get, try to get away from the bucks, you know, and uh, all those bucks are after them, you know. They'll they'll run like crazy out in those cactus patches after them. And uh, and we had a, uh, one of the guys, one of the guys on the place. Uh, he had uh, he had this one old guy up in the in a high rack on this suburban that we've got, and uh, there was a big deer, big buck chasing a doe out in that that cactus patch, and he popped that popped that buck. And that buck hit the ground. No sooner did he hit the ground, another big buck came running out in that uh, cactus patch and locked horns with that dead buck and uh, started fighting him on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Right there. And he had to climb down out of that rack, go out there and chase him off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep him from breaking the horns up. Man. I mean, once they're in rut, man, they go crazy. You know? Yeah, they do. Well, he, he'd probably been being bullied by that buck. Well, could have been, yeah. Had a little could've personal, uh, then, personal thing to solve with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, here, here, take this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, when the rut's on, man, it's exciting, isn't it? It is. Oh, it's man. my time of year. That's why I wait till I do, you know, when I do to go down south. Oh, yeah. And some years you'll yeah. miss it. You know, some years it's later than others. Here the last few years, it seems to be getting later every year for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, there's a second rut, too, you know. Yeah. There's a late rut. But and, it's like down you know, there, the, you know, the first rut is just, I mean, if there's any at all, it's mostly, you know, it's real minute. It's It doesn't last. Mm-hmm. It, it's just sporadic. But when that uh, right. big, full secondary rut kicks in it's always you know in doe and spike season it seems like that's when blaine will see some of the biggest bucks he's seen down there when you can't right. shoot them it's crazy yeah i uh i was down there we were we were finishing up in february and we were finishing up uh taking out the few does that we had to take and uh i was sitting on a stand we were trying to shoot some big you know, barren does and all that. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sitting in the stand. I heard something behind me, and I looked around, 
and there was a, a, a big 12-point and a 14-point chasing the doe. Wow. And they were back and forth and back and forth chasing that doe. That was in February. Yep. I mean, well, I it's seen it a lot. Know, have you have you uh have you filled up those management hunts yet? Yeah, yeah, we have. You have, okay. Because uh, yeah, I had a listener text me about, uh, you know, he hears us talk about it, but uh, uh-huh. he wants to know. Yeah, how we he can we filled them up. And, yeah, we got them filled, and uh, I appreciate the help because uh, uh, yeah, we we definitely got them filled up, and um, and uh, no problem. No problem. We got some calls and got it done. In fact, right. I think I think one of the hunts is going to be, I think, uh, either before or after uh, Thanksgiving. I think it's I think it's after Thanksgiving. Right. But uh, and you know uh, sometimes uh, some of the some of the deer may start to rut then. You know, but uh, we like to take out like to take out. Uh, a lot of the does before Thanksgiving, and uh, we usually have a certain number of does that ranch manager likes to take out a certain number of them before Thanksgiving. A friend of mine. Yeah, and, and a lot of ranches will wait till late in the year to do the doe deal, but those does have already been bred; they're probably pregnant. I, I know, I know. Shoot I, them I early. Understand that. But, yes, sir. But, yeah. You know, in South Texas, a lot of times you can't shoot them early because they all got fawns on them. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, this is one problem, you know, we'll have like this week. Um, you got to make sure that these, uh, these does don't have fawns. I mean, uh, right. You know, you don't shoot, you don't shoot a, the first doe that walks out. You just don't pop them. You, you got to watch them and see what they got with them. Uh, we're trying to shoot barren does, you know, so you got to watch and make sure they don't have, uh, you know, fawns because a lot of these does have twins. Well, they got twins. Sure they do. They'll have at least one with them, if not two. That's right. A lot of them have twins this year, so you got to watch them. So we we let the, the let the does come out and and see if they got fawns with them or whatever. And we got to be picky, you know. Yeah. But uh, but that's what we do. That's that's called management, you know. Yeah, and, and, and another aspect of management is uh, taking care of your uh, predators too, like your packs of oh, coyotes absolutely. and everything, man. That you know, you can have a great fawn crop, and after the coyotes get through whittling away on them, you know, you see a lot of does that had you know twins. They just got a single with them because one of them got uh, killed by coyotes. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Or a big bobcat, you know, you never know. Or mountain lions. Yeah. We got the mountain lion problem. Yeah, too. we do. Yeah. Mountain and, lions. We definitely. And, it, uh, you know, I watch a lot of those Alaskan shows, and uh, it, uh, you know, you see that a lot up there in the in the in that wilderness where the the bears and the uh, wolves, boy, they take a lot of game, a lot more than hunters do. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, he lives up uh, in Buffalo Gap, and uh, he raises uh, longhorns. And uh, anyway, he sent me a, a picture the other day, and uh, he said, uh, he says, is this a cat? He, no, he says, is this a lion? He said, I, uh, this is on my trail camera. And he said, uh, 
I think it's a lion. Look at that tail. And it was. It was a long tail. You know, I said, it looks like it to me. And uh, But, uh, yeah, a mountain lion up there. But, you know, it's like the biologist told me. He said, if you've got deer, you got mountain lions. That's the yeah, bottom line. You got food. You're going to have the source. You're going to sure. you're going to have all the predators come with. Kind of like you know our fishing. You're going to have sharks and dolphins, yeah. all that. They're just that's just the way it works. That's nature. That's right. That's right. You're going to have predators. Yep. So it's just a matter of how many you're going to have. And more yeah. and more bucks get uh, eaten in uh, does because a uh, buck will stand his ground. That's correct. And yeah. he'll stand uh, and know, fight. He'll he'll stand and fight, and he's sometimes he don't come out too good. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we found a lot of different uh, bucks in some of the ponds, you know, where mountain lions have attacked them, and then they'll run to water if they're hurt. Isn't that amazing and, how uh, deer do that if they get wounded or crippled yeah. or whatever? They always go to water. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, isn't that something? We found one buck in one pond uh, dead that. Uh, he was 16 points. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were we were harvesting those uh, early one season. And uh, uh, the guys, we, we everybody went out and they said, okay, everybody's, you know, get at least two does apiece. Well, I went over to one of the stands to pick up one of the guys. And, and uh, I'm loading his does. And one of them had, oh, a chunk kind of out, out of one of the, the humps. Uh, rear and i said uh man what'd you do you shoot him in the rear and he said no he said i think that's where the bullet exited or something i said hmm so anyway we get back to the ranch house and we're hanging them up and, you know we're scanning them out and i looked at that deer and i said no i said this was a mountain lion had this deer and then you could see the scratch marks from the deer's neck all the way down and uh, that that wow. mountain lion had that had that doe all the way down, and as a last resort, he took a bite out of the of the uh, right quarter. rear yeah. hind quarter, and he took a, a bite. bite. Uh huh. And uh, but she got away from him. Yeah. But she had scratches all the way down from her neck down. Yep, and got away from him. Well, it happens yeah. in Texas. Uh, you don't have to go to Africa to see that. That's uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in no, South that's Texas, that's uh, that's kind of a format for Africa. You know, it's close to, you know, terrain like that, you know, brush country. And, uh, man, oh, thank yeah. God there's not uh, real lions. <laughs> How about walking oh, the yeah. blind in the dark? <laughs> not well, gonna happen. you know, I'm packing. I'm packing all the time, you know. And, uh, I mean, it's eerie. You know, you go park the truck and. And then you're walking to the stand, and and you know you you never know, you know. I'm always packing, but uh, you know I had that one run in with that one mountain lion, and, and uh, ever since then, you know I'm I'm leery. <laughs> that <laughs> makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Ooh, I'm telling you, buddy, when they scream at you and then growl, uh, trust Not me, good. my hair stood straight up on my back of my neck. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, that, uh, that's too a mountain close. lion can do some damage, man. The first thing they go for is your head, you know, just like that's a right. leopard goes for your throat. And, yeah, uh, well, that's, they do too. Yeah, they go for your neck. 
Yeah, yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, they're a predator, and, I mean, they're a big predator, you know. But uh, I was in a blind one day. and Normally, you know, with a customer, I don't take a rifle. And uh, I'm uh, I'm sitting in a stand with a customer, and we're just about ready to leave. And uh, I looked to my left and up a Sendero to my left, and, and I said, look at that cat coming down this Sendero. And it, I thought it was a big uh, bobcat. And it was right up against the brush line. And uh, it was about 100 yards away or more. But it was coming down, coming toward us. And uh, and then it turned to come across the Sundera, and I saw that tail. And I said, oh, it's a mountain lion. And I, I was reaching for his rifle. I was going to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because you don't have long, man. I mean, you just got to. No, you don't. Some, there. You know. You know, you don't get long to look at them. I mean, you no. You better be ready, no. Freddy, when one walks oh, out. Oh, that's right. They're but just, he came uh, on across that Sendera, and uh, and so we sat there another hour and a half yeah. or so, hoping that he'd come on down to where we were, right. thinking he was probably coming down to you know that feed pen probably, but uh, but he never came down. He was hunting. I had a, just like had a you were. Here. Yeah, I, I have. Man, a I'm out of time, that, man. I had to. In this conversation, but it's that time, brother. I got to roll. If somebody wants to call you, give them a number, my friend. Yes, sir, man. Okay. Uh, 361-935-6833. I'm sure we can finish this conversation next time we talk. You have a good one, man. <laughs> All right, man. You too. Mickey. See you, buddy. You have a good one, Take buddy. care. All right. All right, it's time for our top-of-the-hour break, national anthem and all that, and phone lines will be open at, at the top of the hour, so give us a call. We'll be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 